You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Continue to roll on through the week here, guys. Uh, Obviously, Pete and I had a great time. Uh, Brittany Mollis last night. Uh, Brittany's just fantastic. Um, Great personality. Um, Today, I actually got to sit down and talk with three-time All-Pro Eric Davis. That's up for you. Obviously, you know, Eric, for most of his career, was a San Francisco 49er. Um, So that was a fun conversation. Of course, there's a crossover episode. With Brian Peacock, that is available as well. So, obviously, plenty of stuff to get to. Uh, me and Pete will talk here now. And then, obviously, uh, Pete and the crew will uh, take to the fields tomorrow night as the Streetsboro guys. And, uh, Pete, I saw two guys getting some uh, nice pub uh, as far as halfway through the season. I'll let you talk on them, too, real quick. But this is Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things Dog Mountain. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but uh, they featured uh, Andrew, uh, we call him Biggie Douglas, uh, <laughs> our left guard, and a pass rusher who's done pretty well for himself. And then uh, Chris, uh, Riley Richardson, uh, middle linebacker, and our, our uh, B-back, uh, most of his uh, accomplishments are on offense, and he got some love on there too. Um, yes, my, my, my Derek Henry Jr. comp for def- definitely the Derek Henry of, you know, Ohio State, Ohio, Ohio high school football. Um, but we got some things to get here today. Um, Pete, uh, I don't know. Should we try to get $85 a year for everybody to listen? Um, I mean, it seems like a good deal. Uh, eight fifty a month, you know, with all that stuff that came with, with Tony Grossi or whatever. Um, you know, the only thing though is just for eight. $85 a month, you know, are you allowed to get money off your bill, Pete, for spelling errors and grammatical errors and things of that nature? But, I mean, I, you know, for a guy who blocks everybody on social media, um, cannot take one drop of criticism, to go the paywall route is certainly the interesting route. Well, I don't know who made the decision to do that, uh, whether it was him or uh, ESPN 50 or whatever. Um, I don't have a problem necessarily with the, a paywall setup, but you have to have something worthwhile enough to pay for it. And, you know, I, to me, I don't think you're getting anything from him for free, let alone paying for it. Um, but uh, teach their own, I suppose. I'm, you know, you want to throw your money at that, uh, go for it. I can, uh, I can, you know, you could set it on fire, send it to me or whatever, and I think you'd get more use out of it. But, um, you know, I, he is has some appeal to a certain generation. Um, my whole issue with um, that station in general is I think they skew from, you know, basically 50 to dead. Um, they don't really have anything that brings anyone younger it gives them any reason to listen to it. Um, but again, that may be more of a, an issue with terrestrial radio in general, but I think some of the competitors like 92.3 are much better with that age demographic. And I don't know how uh, those folks are profitable at all, but um, they maybe it works. I, I assume they're hemorrhaging money, but. That would maybe be the case or whatever. Um, first thing would, I would think to anybody is, uh, how much do you read them? When is the last time you read them? And, you know, I mean, look, you can always find something better to do with $85 a year. Uh, look, I'll never 
put this behind a paywall. Uh, let's all just work together, get a campaign to get uh, maybe Miller Lite to sponsor the show. So I ain't got to pay for that. We'll call that one a W, guys. Um, other things to get to. Obviously, Pete, um, injury report time. Um, look, Greedy, Denzel, still not doing anything. Um, you granted, guys, uh, obviously with Monday Night Football, you consider us essentially the first you know day of you know of the week of practice. Um, but you're starting to get some bodies. Antonio Callaway, Richard Higgins, Morgan Burnett, Pete. At least some reinforcements are on the way. The wide receiver position. It's weird. People are saying, you know, for me, it just seems so weird to say that a guy got a concussed, concussed on Sunday. For me, normally, look, it's, you know, a week out. There's people who seem pretty upbeat. Jarvis may be able to go. But also, Pete, it could be a case of two come in, one go out. Um, but either way, you know, getting somebody's, somebody's slowly back here. I would assume Jarvis Landry's out. Um, it's sort of the nature of the concussion protocol. You're supposed, I mean, you're not supposed to make it back with the, you know, sort of the deal. Um, the guys they get back are pretty big um, because one, obviously losing Jarvis Landry, getting Richard Higgins back on the practice field, getting Antonio Callaway back on the practice field. Um, you know, it's nice to he's, uh to come in that can hopefully, you know, contribute uh, obviously losing Landry uh, with you know being shorted shorthanded already isn't great uh, you know you'd like to not have to essentially be working with a whole group of receivers this week if that's ultimately how it goes but it's not you know the deal but it, it helps and then uh, Morgan Burnett is big uh, Jermaine Whitehead uh, you know had a, a very good game against the Baltimore Ravens the other three games weren't good. So Morgan Burnett's better. Um, you, you can talk about better in terms of degrees. Morgan Burnett certainly does certain things much better. Blitzing in particular is an area he's more effective. He's good, you know, playing in and around the box um, in sort of limited roles, but he's, he's, he's interesting from that standpoint. So it's very nice to get those guys back. Um, it, Burnett helps because the 49ers are a team that have a lot of, you know, Kittle obviously is a guy that's going to get, you know, a lot of attention and, and with good reason. Um, but the 49ers have a lot of intricate weapons and they have a coach in Kyle Shanahan and that's very good at finding uh, the weakness in the secondary and exploiting it as much as possible to get his guy, whoever he wants for that week to get targets. So, you know, it, it becomes very difficult to hide the weakness. And um, in this case, Morgan Burnett gives you one more guy that hopefully makes it so you're not in that situation. So, you know, it's there are certainly guys you'd like to have in there, but it's certainly trending in the right direction. Yeah, uh, you know, getting closer, um, you know, the hamstrings now, this is well over, you know, well over two weeks now that these guys – haven't done anything. Um, it's not killing you. Obviously, you know, you held up very well against the Rams. Obviously, we all know what happened last week. So it could almost be one of these. It's, you know, let's make 100% sure. Um, and I remember for years, Joe Torrey and his run here of managing the New York, New York Yankees, it was, I'd rather go one day more than go one day less and then lose you again. And that's really typical, Pete, with the hamstring injuries because – 
even if he got a day or two in of half practices, the last thing you want to do is throw a guy out there when he really, truly hasn't tested it, because then guess what? Now you're lost to me for a freaking month. Yeah, I mean, hamstrings are one of those things. You know, it's just difficult to know really when it comes, you know, when it's healthy and even when it's healthy, you know, you can get some twinges and some feelings like you're not sure. Uh, Freddie Kitchens at the end of last week made it sound like he suggested it would either be this week or Seattle. Um, so, you know, that probably makes it sound more like Seattle. But, you know, it's hard to know. Um, again, because you, it's not like something you can really see. So, you know, it, you know, if, even if media is like there and they can see them, you're not going to see anything to really get a sense of it. And uh, it's, it, you know, it, you never got a real explanation in the first place of what they really did. So whether it was a small thing or a, a big thing is unclear, obviously, it wasn't bad enough that they, you know, tore something and they're being put on temporary IR or something like that. Um, obviously, if they're talking, you know, whether it's this week or next week, that certainly gives us some clarity on the situation. But uh, we may not really know until uh, Saturday at the earliest. I mean, it's just like any normal a normal week. If they aren't out there Friday, they probably aren't going to be out there. Um, obviously, I would expect the same deal. If they aren't there, out there by Saturday, they aren't going to aren't going to do anything. Um, I think getting them back for Seattle is more important than the 49ers. But I mean, the, you know, it'd be nice to have the the secondary back at full strength. Um, with the way the defense has been playing, but I, you know, it's, I, I guess it's one of those things where um, it's good that they've gotten depth, that they've been able to sort of get uh, enough out of to enable them to win games and stay in games. So, you know, it's not, it doesn't it doesn't feel like the end of the world when these guys aren't out there. But obviously, you'd rather have your 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 best guys as opposed to anyone else. Yeah, of course, you know, of, but and the other thing is everybody's played well, so you'd like to have that ability to basically mix and match. And guys, look, when you you know you talk about a hamstring injury, uh, remember Joe Schobert, you know, was on the show last year in the offseason. I want to say it was early offseason, maybe you know, mid February, whatever. Um, you know, when he had the injury, missed three games, and you know, we I asked him about it, and he said, you know, it's he's like it's you know, it was still a little bit of an issue in February. These are one of those things, and. Look, in when you're a cornerback and you run sub four four in Denzel's case, or you know, greedy, you know, it's just one of those things where if you try to open it up and it's not there to be had, uh, you know, and you tear that sucker, it's it, it's bye bye. Um, and whole season down the crapper. Um, obviously, they've done a fantastic job to this point keeping it together. Um, so I, I'm sure they feel pretty confident that if it's one more week, it's one more week. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library. Of condensed nonfiction books, go to blinkist.com slash locked on all caps. Try for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. At the end of the hard week, it's a great time to sit down, take uh, some time off, sit on the couch, watch some NFL football, game winning touchdowns on two minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with nobody there to catch them. There is nothing like the NFL, and there's no better way to enjoy Thursday night, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, without putting a little money down and betting on the games with mybookie.ag. 
AEG. Um, don't forget, where you bet your money is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I recommend you guys, you know this, mybookie.ag. Uh, they've always been good to me. They've been good to Locked On. The partnership here is as long as I've been here. Uh, most rewarding player perks in the business. Uh, live in-game betting. So if you bet on the entire game at halftime, the score's not going your way, jump back in, backdoor yourself, try to save some money that way. Uh, betting on over-unders of fantasy players. Uh, and obviously, fantasy rules the world. So there's always something you can do there as well. Go ahead, check out mybookie.ag. They will match your initial deposit up to 100%. Use the promo code, all caps, locked on. We do appreciate mybookie.ag for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Now, Pete, um, we saw a big role last week from Farrell Brown. And it's kind of familiar to the Orson Charles role and a little bit of what Daniel Fells was doing. Um, the offense worked better. Um, San Francisco has a ridiculously talented defensive line, a lot better than what Baltimore had last week. You got to figure Farrell Brown is going to be in line for a pretty good, pretty good amount of snaps. If you know this week, based on last week, and based on the fact that San Francisco's defensive line and probably their linebackers are better than Baltimore's. Um. It's a good question. I, the 49ers line is very good. Um, they don't really have a lot of, you know, soft spots. Um, so it's it's challenging. You know, Farrell Brown as a blocking back did a really nice job against the Ravens. I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I, I mean, I, I think there definitely could be situations they should. But they may be better off trying to pull guys out of the box than trying to put guys idea. in it. Um, I mean, I, I think what a lot of that would depend uh, – Just uh, a lot of that would depend on whether or not maybe you have Jarvis Landry, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, they have uh, Quan Alexander and they have uh, the kid out of Fred from BYU. Yeah, he's pretty good, and they've got – you know, so so you may want to just go ahead and run right at them with with all your dudes, but I could see them trying to stretch them out and pull guys out of the box. Fred Warner, yeah, that's it. Um, they may be more inclined to try to pull guys out of the box, and that doesn't mean Pro Brown won't be on the field. It's just be change where he's lined up. Um, but so much of that has to be about controlling and, and redirecting their defensive line. I think in that respect. You know that that'll be interesting. I, I think their best play may be uh, doing some shifting type stuff, which they've done a lot of. So it's not like it's a new thing uh, to try to shift into uh, particular setups, whether that's putting Farrell Brown in the backfield or or maybe out uh, on a wing or something like that to sort of see if it moves uh, moves their move their linebackers and stuff around so you can try to manipulate the angles um, based on what the 49ers defense is really designed to do is they want to send for drop seven and sort of make you find the holes in them. So in that respect, you could certainly say um, you don't really need to, to disguise too much, just line up and, and play football and run at them. So, you know, it could be a, a good strategy from that standpoint. Uh, my guess is they'll do a little bit of both. Um, it's nice that Farrell Brown 
played well. Certainly, you know, he's a guy that we've criticized quite a bit, uh, deservedly. But he did a great job this past week, uh, and he deserves credit for it. I, I just think the, the 49ers, particularly at that second level, may be more athletic than um, than maybe he's really equipped to deal with. And that could be an issue, you know, if they can sort of force them into a phone booth where it's really easy for him to lock up his blocks, then they're going to be in great shape. If he's trying to go down and find people, that could be a bit of an issue. So I guess the answer is I don't know, but I guess I <laughs> maybe a little bit of both. Oh, well, I mean, I'm assuming there's going to be, uh, you know, you're going to try out the run because obviously you've gotten to the point now where you see that Nick Chubb's success translate, you know, usually to the success of hopefully the entire offense and obviously the 23 touches last week. So you're going to look to run the ball. And then, Pete, there comes this one as well, though. I mean, you have Odell. Richard Sherman is a fantastic cornerback. Odell's not the type of guy he's normally good against. Um, So that's a difficult matchup. The other side, it's a rookie. Um, Miles Garrett, obviously a pretty good player. Um, no, Joe Staley, um, I believe I always mess up his first name, but I know his last name just in school, but it's spelled S K U L E starting at left tackle. These are, these are some matchups, Pete. And this is where, you know, your big names, if they do what they should be able to do in these matchups, it should put you in a big position. And I don't want to give too much away before we record the pregame show on Saturday, but you know, left tackle, Joe Staley ain't going to be there. Um, and it, Justin Verrett, oh my God, uh, 67 snaps in three season. Just makes me want to throw up because the kid was a fantastic player on film coming out of TCU. It's just terrible to see that. Um, but when you're going, you know, it's it's Odell versus a rookie. It's uh, Miles Garrett versus a rookie. This is one where it's like, guys, look, we're going to pan it on you. Go do what you do, and hopefully, you know, we'll get on the plane and we'll, you know, go home happy. Right. So the, the 49ers are on their fourth tackle. Um, Obviously, uh, Joe Staley has a broken leg, and their their third guy is Sean Coleman. He was their swing guy, and he suffered an injury that knocked him out for the year. Hey! And they were really happy with Remember what that, he brought, man. so they were disappointed in the injury. So now they're left with the undrafted uh, free agent tackle out of Vanderbilt, uh, Justin School, who I know that name because he was a guy I had targeted as an athlete. Certainly that's not who you want to go up against Miles Garrett, um, but it, you know, they've got Mike McGlinchey on the other side, who's a good tackle, but he's a young tackle. So they, it'll be curious to see if they, you know, move guys around a little bit, or if they're just going to say, Miles Garrett's going to eat this kid's lunch all day and attack Jimmy Garoppolo's blind side. Um, the 49ers play zone. Uh, they're, they're a heavy zone team. They've got two corners, uh, with length. They're both six, two. Uh, in in Sherman and then Akello Witherspoon, um, the only real change no you're going to see. Uh, the the only Who's real change out? you're going to yeah. He's out too. Yeah, Akello Witherspoon's so, out. So yeah, I mean it, it, you're down him, you're down Verrett. Uh, they si- I know they signed a guy to get some help. Uh, they've got Kwan Williams as the nickel. Uh, so they've got another four around there. Um, and they've got athletic, I don't know, I, I would say talented, but, you know, not great safeties. Um, but 
it, it you know, and this is this is the situation is is you want to be able to find holes in the zone, get the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands quickly, and hopefully create yards after the catch. Um, and obviously Odell Beckham's the very very good player for that if they can create the opportunity. So it'd be, that that'll be one of the big challenges for the 49ers is how they opt to try to deal with them because they they don't have you know real man corners. They just it's just nope. not what's in their arsenal, especially with injuries. Like that's what in a lot of ways Jason Verrett was hopefully going to give them is the ability to sort of man up somebody in addition to being sort of their base nickel. And without him, that really limits sort of the amount of options they have. And it becomes, in a lot of ways, probably a, a far more basic uh, secondary in that respect in terms of what they're going to show. Um, they may have to get creative with some of their linebackers and stuff like that. But if they're that, down that many guys, that could be a real issue um, for dealing with uh, Beckham. Uh, you know, they don't have a Marlon Humphrey. They don't have anyone – of that that type of skill level so not to mention the fact that nobody's really again other than maybe Verrett and he was still short they had the athletic skill set to sort of keep up with Beckham um they just it's it's a difficult matchup for them and if you saw anything and you took any way anything away from the Ravens game uh obviously anybody listens to us is if you're going to throw the kitchen sink at Beckham there's enough here that it's going to ruin your day. And that was the impact of bringing Odell here. Look, Baker and these guys were already getting it done in the second half of last season. Um, as long as the pass protection and the line can do an adequate job, th- this offense should hum. You throw Odell in it and where you have to have you know, one guy underneath beating the living daylights out of him, you have to have guy one over the top just in case the guy beating the daylights out of him missed one and Odell's now running loose, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of over, and this is what we talked about. And even with David Najoku injured, <clears throat> you can give you something. Look, and look, Ricky Steele-Jones had a great game. There's going to be some drops. Just that is one thing. And I, you know, why Arizona soured on him, I think Arizona doesn't, doesn't really know how to use a tight end. That you know, They kind of want more like, you know, uh, you know, sixth and seventh linemen. So when they're actually going to run it, they're going to run it. Uh, but, you know, Seals Jones could continue to be of an asset here. Uh, Farrell Brown, um, if you run around and they throw it to you, just please catch it. Um, Harris, I'm glad they realized that maybe they were just done with that experiment. That's the one thing I think you noticed from the Ram game to the Ravens game is, yeah, we're not throwing the ball to 88 anymore. The matchups here, I mean, you have a, an ideal one, you know, without, getting, again, going too deep in depth. What do we always talk about with Miles Garrett is find the turd. Well, and we think we pretty much know who the turd is. The turd is the left tackle, and that's where Miles normally is. Maybe switch it up with the other guys. Move the other guys around a little bit. Or you can, you know, you can use Jannard Avery, maybe, whatever. Find some or, – or, there's other ways to do it. But if they can pass pro like they should – this should be an opportunity for Odell because I, I there's not uh, one player in that secondary. Um, you know, look, R- Richard Sherman is great in what he does, but guys like Odell, the quick shifty dudes, those are the ones that usually give him a really, really difficult time. Um, with that, we'll start moving on here. Um, Zabel Apparel, guys, uh, I talk about him all the time. A veteran-owned, com- veteran-owned company, uh, the new Scottish Hammer shirt. They were in partnership with Heston, all that good stuff. 
Uh, really love the guys. Uh, I love the effort that's put into it. Um, hoodie season, go ahead, check out theirs. They're not $75 a pop, wink, wink. Um, so go, but go ahead, check out the guys over at Zabo Apparel. Um, I'll probably put it out on Saturday or whatever. We'll do the over or under. So see these, uh, the scoring of these games has been off the rails and there's just really no way to go ahead and predict that. Uh, so with that, go ahead, check out my good friends over at the Zabo Apparel Company. Pete, we're going to close with this. And Friday night, apparently the ringer brought this one up today. Friday Night Lights, the television show. And we will go with this. Um, the most overrated character from Friday Night Lights. And your choices would be Tim Higgins, Coach Eric Taylor, Smash Williams, Tyra Collette, Matt Saracen, Tammy Taylor, Landry Clark, or Lila Garrity. Most overrated. Um, I'll say all of the above because I didn't watch the show. That's how overrated it was. Uh, I only watched the movie, which oh. is very good. Oh, the movie's fantastic. The movie's fantastic. Guys, this one is simple. On book, and this one. Yes, movie based on the book. Actually, and uh, it's, it's funny because it's a book pretty much any athlete. That was the one they usually read. And if there was an opportunity where you could use Friday Night Lights as some sort of assignment of a book you read, that was a double bonus right there. Uh, the answer here, folks, it's easy. It's Lila Garrity. Mickey Kelly, really nice to look at. Uh, the acting part of it, bad, bad, bad. So then we'll go with this, Pete. Favorite part of Friday Night Lights, the movie? Favorite part? Uh, hmm. Good question. I, I'll probably say anything with Booby. Uh, just because uh, <laughs> he, he insists on talking in the third person the entire way. Uh, and the the part where he sort of like gives them the little pump up speech when he's getting his stuff in the locker room and then breaks down in the car, uh, because you know with the way ACLs were at that time, he knew. I mean, it was over. There is no you know there there is no you know coming back from it. And you know that uh, emotional that's an emotional scene to sort of watch where the kid basically realizes there's nothing else for him. Uh, oh, yeah, no, and the, the whole, the MRI, fix your knee, and, you know, that. Um, I think for me, it was when they were all out, you know, they're shooting the rocks, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, uh, in, in Shavo, and then basically saying to him, well, you're going to get out, you're going to get to a better life, and it's not so much about football, you're going to go to an Ivy League school, and you're going to get a better opportunity because of it. That was the one that was, you know, kind of rang true to me because, you know, like you looked at things two ways, you know, yes, you played ball and you want to continue to play ball and do it, which I was fortunate enough to, but what were you going to take out of going to college? And, you know, obviously, you know, the way it was done in for Chavez, he was, you know, go, you know, go on to lead a better life. Uh, Pete league wise Browns wise. We haven't gotten to these in a couple of days. Anything we haven't gotten to. Uh, I don't, I'm sure something's happened. I just don't know what it is. It's mostly injuries. I mean, the 49ers had a bunch, uh, but uh, I don't think anything too major has happened. It seems like the Browns are being allowed to roll with 54. I don't know how long they're going to be able to do that, but here we are, still 54. Um, and especially with Callaway practicing, that was the part where it got like a little like, um, hey, I today um, was the day where they would have had to, had to eliminate somebody. And, nope, still 54. I'm still standing on what I've 
I'm told, and look, I mean, I, you know, until the NFL tells them, I mean, hey, I mean, you, you push the envelope until they tell you otherwise. Um, so, uh, but look, you know, everything I'm hearing is it, it's you know, the Taiwan Taylor experience is going to be over. And I know a lot of people, like people are talking about you know, linebackers. Guys, look at the roster numbers. No, they really can't. Yes, they can't afford to lose another linebacker, even though they don't play a lot of them. They can't afford to lose another one of them. The offensive linemen, they exactly. It's you know, I mean, you know, and I will still say with what I told you guys, it's Taiwan Taylor is it's a bad, bad situation for him. Um, I guess with that, we'll start to put to uh, you bet all of this. Obviously, you know, check out uh, all Pete's work over, uh, you know, Browns Maven, um, you know, continually putting out, you know, continued great effort day in, day out. Make sure you follow in over there. Make sure you are following Pete's count at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself at Locked on Browns, all lowercase. DMs are open. Follow back account. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there as well. Uh, got, looking forward to this one. Um, we'll record the you know, the pregame show Saturday. It's getting weird just working these a the just the night games, but you know two set, uh, two Monday night games within five weeks, so it, it manipulates the schedule a little bit. Um, on weeks where you know played on Sunday and they go play on Monday, more flexibility and open it up and do a little bit more. But the thing is, when the Monday night game is normally we record the crossover episodes on Tuesday, so on those weeks where we play on Monday night, it kind of puts us behind the eight ball. But still, we're just going to continue to do everything we can, you know, put out the best content we can for you. Um, and again, a bunch of great stuff. Obviously, this week already, uh, you know, the the post game show, John Costco, the mailbag, uh, the crossover with Brian Peacock. Obviously, we got to sit down with Brittany last night. We had a lot of fun with that. Um, got uh, snuck one in there today with Eric Davis. His people contacted me. Said Eric would love to. You know, if you want to, Eric would love to talk. Sure, no problem. I'll talk to a three time All Pro. You know who obviously still covers the 49ers. So if you haven't gotten to that, check that out. Um, but again, just continue. You know, appreciate the support. We're doing the best we can here, trying to put out and give you guys great content. Our opinions look if they don't always pan out, that's fine. But look, you know, put your name on it. And there's one thing Pete and I don't have a problem with is putting our name on anything. So with that, we'll put a bow on this. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.